Welcome to the Fit and Free with AIM podcast. I'm your host, Amy Louise. By listening to this podcast, you'll gain clarity and apply now principles in relation to training, nutrition, and mindset, all designed to help you build a strong and lean physique and show up as your best self. If you're a woman who struggles with excessive behaviors when it comes to training and food and think of yourself as a perfectionist, I hear you, I see you, I was you. And I know that you're in exactly the right place to change that narrative and build a body you love inside and out. Let's go. Welcome. I think we're at episode 25 now and I have a bit of a doozy in store for you today, which is looking at the topic, do you really need to be perfect? Before I dive in, there is a sweet little sponsorship of this podcast, Drumroll. And look, it's not that exciting. It's actually my coaching program, the Glam Body Program, which I do now have spots open for. So there will be links in the description. If you are looking for assistance with your training program, with your nutrition, with mindset and education, uh, have a look at the links below to pop your name down and apply for a place. So why are we talking about this topic today? Do you really need to be perfect? And I'm going to be really open and honest and tell you why. Now, I am super grateful that I have definitely, I don't fall into this trap anymore when it comes to my training and nutrition. However, I absolutely do when it comes to relationships and my business. So yes, there is still a part of me who identifies as a recovering perfectionist, not a recovered perfectionist. And I was thinking about this a lot this week and how would I coach myself through this when it comes to, like I said, uh, my relationships and business. And as I was thinking about it, I was like, you know what, this is going to be perfect for the podcast. And it's the same advice and recommendations and thought processes that I would definitely be passing on to you in terms of your training and nutrition because I know for a lot of you listening, um, you do identify as perfectionists, uh, type A, high achievers, it's in the intro of the podcast and it can be really, really challenging to navigate times when you feel like you're letting yourself down And I know what that feels like, or even it's not even that it's like, maybe you're actually putting in a lot of effort, but you're not seeing the results, how you might have planned. And this episode of the podcast is absolutely for you. So I have five points. It is probably going to be a bit of a longer podcast. So settle in, grab a notebook, grab a pen, and we are going to kick off. So what I wanted to start with is... The five points are really assumptions that we need to make about making amazing progress because let's be real, that's what we're all here to achieve, right? Like we want to achieve amazing things. I don't think you'd be listening if you were kind of like just fine with sort of being mediocre as a human all around. I am pretty sure if you're listening to this, you do want to achieve really cool things. You do want to push your own boundaries and you do want to continue to progress over time, even if that means, you know, taking um, or turning the dial down from time to time, which is absolutely necessary so we don't burn out, but more on that later. So let's kick us off first with these five assumptions, and then I'm going to get to what does this actually look like in practice, okay? So the first point, the first assumption is, yes, we really do need to execute with a high degree of effort 
over long periods of time. I'm not going to say that you're going to be able to achieve amazing things with very little effort or focus or attention in the desired areas. It is just absolute bullshit to say that we don't need to, and I'm going to say it, we don't need to work hard. We don't need to put in a lot of effort. Now, the more I'm thinking about this, the newer we are, the more effort we're going to put in because there are a whole bunch of new skills that we need to learn and we haven't yet created the lifestyle okay, which is something that I'm going to come back to later. It's really, really important, okay? But because we're new, because we haven't done those things, there's going to be a steep learning curve. So for the first few years, the effort is at least going to feel like it's so much more than once you are at least a few years in, where a lot of the behaviors hopefully will have become a little bit automatic. And I'm thinking about this in like business, uh, investing, all of those things as well. I even potentially relationships to some degree, um, but I guess relationships can be very, very complex. So maybe if I keep it to a business analogy or an investing analogy, so let's talk about investing, right? We have the the idea of, you know, compounding interest, which is how we build a lot of wealth, right? And you're going to have to hustle initially to be able to save up, to be able to invest. And those initial few years, the returns are going to be pretty low. But as the years progress, we're looking at 5, 10, 20, 30, 50 years of investing in those, you know, the last, I don't know what, last 15 years or so, even less, right? Sorry, even more, depending on when you start, the the compounding is going to be enormous. So the year-to-year gains are going to be crazy. Now, I don't mean that in terms of an analogy with, with muscle mass, but what I do mean is you can absolutely kick back in that scenario. So just say you start investing at like 25 um, if you're Australian, just even thinking about like investing your super, maxing that out. If you start doing that at say 25, by what, 60, you're going to have a few million dollars in the bank. And that might have looked like, you know, um, harder work at first in terms of, you know, making sure you're meeting thresholds and all those sorts of things and, you know, topping up that investment at, at the start. But over time, even if you stopped investing for, say, those last 10 years and just let what you'd originally invested accumulate, you're going to be able to sit back and just enjoy the lifestyle that you've built um, in those last few years. Now, like I said, I'm not saying that with muscle growth because we know it actually gets way harder the more advanced you get. But what I am talking about is in terms of the lifestyle. If we haven't yet created the the lifestyle, those first few years are going to feel pretty jarring uh, until we have got into our groove. Once we get into our groove, and this is like being, you know, years down the track with say investing, it's not going to feel like it's as much effort because we're going to be on autopilot for a lot of these habits. One thing that isn't going to be on autopilot, which I think goes hand in hand a little bit with muscle growth. So it's not a perfect analogy 
is the effort we have to put in the gym. So that is always going to be there no matter what. We're always going to have to uh, undertake a high degree of effort or employ a high degree of effort in the gym if we do want to see progress. There's no two ways about that. Like if you're totally happy maintaining, then you know what? Effort can, you can pull that back a bit. But like I said, there is no two ways about it. Yes, you absolutely are going to have to put in a high degree of effort in in terms of training the whole time, no matter what, if you want to continue to make progress. In terms of the other aspects like lifestyle, like I said, it's probably more analogous with with investing where it's like in those first few years, you're going to have to set a lot of groundwork. You're going to have to create a lot of habits, but then as time goes on, yeah, you know what? Those habits will just be your lifestyle. I have pins and needles in my foot and it is killing me. Okay. (laughs) So let me just shuffle around and we will get into the next one. So number two is you will likely have to make sacrifices. And this is where I think we can feel a lot of resistance. Again, going back to those first few years in this game of physique change, some people are absolutely willing to make the sacrifices and for other people, it's really, really challenging. And a lot of the time, this will come down to a couple of things, either just behaviors that you're really familiar with. It could even be your environment and what everyone else is doing. And remember, we're the average of the five people we spend the most time with. And I don't know who says that. I can't remember where that like quote comes from, but it is damn true. Or uh, the third one is your values, like what you actually value, what you actually prioritize. Okay. So again, this is going to be varying degrees depending on who you are, how you're brought up, what your values are, what your environment is like, and what your, I guess, social circle, even family. Family has a huge impact. But for most of us, Building a physique will take sacrifice. And I put it in inverted commas because, like I said, for some people, the sacrifices are are enjoyable. Like we, we crave those sacrifices. So even though they might look like sacrifices, and I've said that word, making sacrifices, I think if your values align with the lifestyle that builds, um, you know, or that focuses, sorry, on body composition, they become fun. And I'll just give you an example because maybe I sound like a bit of a twat, but so for example, uh, alcohol intake. I actually got a question on my Instagram the other day. Not a question. I did like a question box that had assumptions about me and someone wrote in to say, you're the mum of the group when you go out with the girls. And I was like, actually, no. So I did go out br- br- briefly. It doesn't sound briefly. From like 18 to 25, I wasn't drinking very much early on. I was kind of scared of alcohol. I grew up in a really conservative household. (laughs) So I only ever had a few drinks uh, up until maybe 21, maybe 20-ish. And of course, yeah, my going out was fairly sporadic. I was never really like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday person. I was kind of like, you know, once a fortnight or something like that during uni days. But anyway, uh, I... I actually chose to really stop drinking or significantly limit it for reasons that aren't related to body composition. But some might say that's a sacrifice that I'm making now, but it's actually really, really easy for me. I don't care. Do I do I drink alcohol? Yeah, but it's probably only maybe three or four times a year. And again, it will 
probably only be like half a glass or a glass. It doesn't, I don't really have that much alcohol at all. But I know like some of my clients don't drink. Again, not religious reasons. They just don't really like the feeling and they don't really want to waste their calories on alcohol um, and health reasons, of course, too. But there are going to be other people who are in that potentially that, you know, the younger years where they're experiencing clubbing and all that sort of stuff for the first time. And something like sacrificing, you know, drinking 16 drinks every second week at a club is going to feel really, really hard for them, okay? And there are lots of other examples of sacrifices. So a big one is getting enough sleep. So you're not on YouTube at two o'clock in the morning. You know, you're not out with friends three or four nights a week. So maybe you're having to say no to these sorts of things to ensure you're getting enough sleep. Um, Participating in fast food, takeaway food, all those sorts of things. Again, this can be very environmental and social. So depending on if you're still living at home, what does your family do? What do your friends do? Are you willing to be the odd one out? (laughs) Are you willing to be the odd one out when it comes to your social circle and stand up for what actually aligns with the goals that you are trying to achieve? And it's not to say that that is an easy feat. Okay, but it is definitely something that you need to keep in your mind. Okay, and one of the points I really wanted to touch on here with making sacrifices that are actually in alignment with our goals, and um, you know how I was saying to you, for some people, they find it enjoyable. What would it feel like? So, what I want you to imagine is where are you feeling like you're resisting a sacrifice? So I've just uh, spoken a little bit about alcohol, but it could be takeaway. It could be lack of sleep. It could be lack of setting boundaries at work is a really, really big one. And go, what do you have to do to let go of that resistance? What do you have to do or what will your life look like or what are the thoughts you need to have to let go of that resistance? And it's a really, really good question. And I heard this the other day, actually twice in relation to, it was actually in relation to deficit phases and the fact that we might be hungry. Now, I don't want to get into the nutrition psychology component of people who feel fear hunger because I think that is a very specific topic to be discussed and obviously it needs the time to go through it and I don't specialize in disordered eating or eating disorders or anything like that I'm not saying fearing hunger is but um, I just I just want to keep it like this is something that we're resisting. In a fat loss phase, we want the result, but we're super, super scared of being hungry or we just don't like the discomfort that comes with being hungry. Well, what are we going to do? You can either have the fat loss phase and participate in in a deficit and get the results or you can be terrified of being hungry and at the first sign of hunger, bail and get out of it. You're not going to get the results. So what does it look like to let go of the fear of being hungry and fucking like own it? And I got a bit excited there, but, and it's because I'm not just specifically thinking about this food or I'm thinking about a lot of them. 
What does it look like to own the thing that you're resisting and go, you know what? I'm going to be hungry. Bring it on. Like, bring it on. I'm just going to sit with it. And I'm just trying to think of another example. Oh, fear of missing out. I think this is a really good one with your social circle. So just say you're going into a, like a powerlifting meet or some sort of competitive thing, or maybe you're getting ready for a photo shoot, or maybe you just want to nail the next three months of your training. And you're saying to yourself, you know what? The One of the biggest things that's letting me down here is all the late nights out that I'm spending with my friends, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I know I don't want to miss out, but I know that in order to maximize my progress, I'm going to be better off if I go out and, but don't stay out late and reduce the amount of times that I'm going out. Because I know also when I go out, maybe I tend to have a few drinks and, and things escalate from there. What does it feel like to, to say to yourself, I know I'm about to feel a whole lot of FOMO for you know the next three months or whatever. Bring it on, like bring it on, you know? And the question is, what's worth it? You know, and we, this is why looking at your values and your why is really important because your why needs to be strong enough to overcome that feeling of what you're needing to sacrifice. It needs to overcome the discomfort. Your why needs to overcome the discomfort of all of the things that you will need to sacrifice to get the result that you want. Okay. And I just want you to sit with that. So you'll probably know what's really uncomfortable for you. Is it being consistent with training? Is it continuing to show up when you're not perfect? Is it setting boundaries with work and not consistently saying yes to shifts because um, you feel bad or you feel like you're, um, you know, everyone else needs to have their free time, but you don't because you're a special saint or a martyr or something like that, right? Really ask yourself, like, what makes me uncomfortable in this physique uh, in this physique journey? How can I lean into it? How can I own it? How can I get really, really comfortable sitting in these awful feelings of discomfort? And I think humans these days, we do everything we possibly can to avoid discomfort. It's like all over social media, you know, unfollow people who make you feel uncomfortable. Um, if you're like, you know, any, any kind of pain, like don't do, you know, kids are getting medals for, you know, every single person who participates gets a medal. What the fuck? You know, let's start owning some of the discomfort because I think all of it helps us uh, improve and get better. And like, I think if we, if we start to normalize, isn't quite the right word, but I can't think of it at the top of my head. If we start to change our narrative about pain or uncomfortable feelings. I don't, I don't mean, you know, pain is a very, I should, probably shouldn't have used this word. I should just say discomfort. If we change our narrative about discomfort and go, you know what? Every time I feel uncomfortable, it's a sign I'm coming up against like one of my edges. And if I can sit in here, I'm going to be able to experience some growth. Like that's a different way of looking at it. And just thinking with, you know, competitions where every kid gets a, gets a medal for participating. Fucking hell, does that ever feel good? I've gotten participation medals before. They feel like fucking shit. They really, really do. They do not feel good because I'm like, I didn't win. I didn't come top three. I didn't come top five. This this actually doesn't mean anything. <laughs> and maybe that sounds harsh, but 
what I want is to, I'm, you know, quite competitive actually. (laughs) What I want is to have that feeling of having put in time and effort and achieve something that not many other people could do or that was really hard or that was at a level that, you know, of public excellence, I guess, right? That feels fantastic. And you know what? I don't get down on myself if I have put in my best effort and I've come last in something. Um, you know, I, I've spoken a few times on this podcast about entering a marathon, which is a very long story and probably a terrible decision in hindsight, although I did learn a lot. And I think I came really close to last. It was it was absolutely shocking. Was I really proud of my achievement having actually finished the race? Yes, I was. But did I deserve a participation award? Like, come on, right? Um, so the, the next point that comes with that is making sure you're real with yourself. So that is something that I I do see where we are really wanting to get a specific result. However, we're really not prepared to do the things that it takes and we're trying to find every avenue to get around it, how to every avenue to get around it. And it's like we really have to be honest with ourselves and say, "You know what? I would love to be XYZ and at the same time I'm going to own that I'm not willing to do the things uh, that I would need to do to get me there. Okay, it's kind of like just say you go, oh, I wish I could be a billionaire. But are you willing to work 80 hours a week for, I don't know, 10 years if you're (laughs) self-made? Like I'm absolutely not. I'm absolutely not willing. I'm just going to say that. I'm absolutely not willing to work 80 hours for 10 years you know, something really short, maybe, but absolutely not for years and years and years. So I'm just honest with myself. Like I'm not prepared to do that kind of work. Therefore, I know I can't expect the result because, you know, those results take those things. Point number three, and this is one that I see again, uh, quite a lot with new clients. It doesn't so happen once you've come into the fold in this community but it's giving up if you've done either just a poor job, like you're pretty mediocre at something and should you give up? Or if you actually make a conscious choice that is out of alignment with the goals you want to achieve. So there's kind of two things, you know, the first one, you really did try and you put in the effort and you had the intention, but you're actually, your skills aren't quite there yet. So you just did a shitty job or you've made the conscious choice. Should you give up? Okay, so with the physique game, and this is with any game, this is, and I say game, anything in life, honestly, there are so many things in life where I have seen not very talented people actually achieve amazing things because they were fucking consistent and persif- persistent as fuck. And consistency and persistence are two of your best friends. And you can be pretty mediocre at a lot, but if you continue to show up time and time again, you're going to be one of the last men standing. I actually did a new wallpaper for my laptop today and I've got the quote on it. He who laughs last, laughs the loudest. And to me, that that was really actually uh, what this point 
means to me. And I, I was telling you, you know, I've been really, really honest. This is something, this whole topic has been going around in my head the last couple of weeks. Like, do you really need to be perfect? What is perfect? And it's like, because uh, let me just sidetrack for a second. The self-saboteur in my brain is like, yeah, but well, these other people are achieving this because they're smarter or more talented or blah, 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 blah. That's total trash. That That is total trash talk. And I'm really grateful that I have the self-awareness to understand that. I know my thoughts aren't facts. And I know I have a little saboteur sitting on my shoulder who is trying to keep me safe by throwing out all of these excuses, all of these reasons why I can't be X, Y, Z. And like I said, I'm very grateful I'm at a point now where I can identify, yeah, that's just shit talk. That's just that's just that comfort zone sitting on your shoulder wanting to take control. And it's like, you know what? I see you. I hear you. And you can sit in the back seat because I am steering this. I am the one in control. I am in the driver's seat, okay? So what would I say here? And and <laughs> another segue, I've made some shirts recently uh, for the education wing of my business. And on the back of it, I have my values, which are grit, growth, belief, and persistence. And it is just a reminder that even when it looks like shit, even when what you have produced is a dog's breakfast, either like I said, because you you chose it or because, look, you just weren't good enough at the point in time with those skills, which is fucking fine. It's okay to be shit at things. It sucks, but it's okay to be shit at things. If we can have the grit, have the balls, have the courage to persist, man, are we going to reap the benefits? And not many people can. And this is why not many people achieve amazing things because they let that inner self-talk, they let all those voices, all the voices of um, self-sabotage, keeping you in your comfort zone, keeping you where you are, take control and take take control of the the steering wheel. We are not going to do that. So should you give up if you're doing a poor job or you're making choices that are out of alignment? Absolutely fucking not. It is just a huge red flag that either maybe ask for some help, maybe it's just some time if it's skills, you know, skills take time or ask for some help. Or if you're consistently making choices that are out of alignment with your goal, come back to the drawing board. And like I said, have the courage to really say, hey, you know what? These are my goals. These are my values. What the fuck am I doing? Why? Like, why am I wanting to stay in my comfort zone? And have that out with yourself. Number four. Oh gosh, this is a huge one. If you're listening to this, it is highly likely you are your own harshest critic, okay? And this is, yeah, gosh, this is so important because I do coach a lot of women who actually cannot see the amazing things that they're doing because to them, it's not good enough. If it's not a hundred percent, if it's not perfect, it ain't good enough. And there are two sides to this. Number one, this is partly amazing. And I think a lot of people who do achieve amazing things have an element of perfectionism in them because it really drives them to continually show up, push the brown, push their own boundaries and strive strive for amazing things. But the flip side is when we are our own harshest critic, it can make the journey 
really not fun. And if the journey is really not fun, there may be some mental health implications to that, or we might end up burning out or throwing in the towel. Okay, so it kind of brings us back to that previous point. So just acknowledge that you're your own harshest critic. And I think this is when a circle can come in really, really, or can be, sorry, your circle can be really important, whether it is a coach, a partner, a best friend, a mentor, just to have someone who you trust, who is going to say, yes, you fucked up here and this was not good enough. Try harder. And at the same time, dude, this was amazing. You need to take some credit for showing up and achieving this, right? Because highly likely, like I said, if you're listening to to this, you, your own harshest critic, you're probably not going to see greatness in anything. Everything's going to be falling short for you because we're human. And because we're human, hardly anything we do is going to be perfect. Hardly anything. I mean, can you name something you've done that was perfect? I just... I can't even think, especially these days where I'm trying to be quite prolific. I'm trying to show up a lot in lots of, I say trying, I actually am showing up in a lot of different platforms. I am getting heaps more used to messy action, just pulling the fucking trigger and doing the thing. And I can liken it to competing. Uh, The first time I did it, my posing was fucking terrible. Still got up on stage. I still had a go. Okay. Um, you, would, you might be able to see this in yourself at work. But even with training, just say you have, you feel really, really good. You go into the gym, but for whatever reason, maybe the session sucks or maybe a particular movement sucks or maybe you actually weren't able to progress a movement that week. It's in these moments where, like I said, it's totally fine to be like, yeah, fuck, that wasn't what I wanted to achieve. I need to focus on this next week. Potentially, I can do X, Y, Z to improve my chances the week after. But we really need to be careful that we don't send ourselves into such a spiral of despair. We end up burnt out or quitting, okay? Environment circle. The people you have around you is going to be really helpful. And just to give you an example, as a coach to many women, I do often say, I'm not sure that you're actually seeing what I'm seeing as a coach. And I need to tell you right now that you're doing an amazing job. And I, I would say that to multiple clients every single week. It's really, really important that they hear that. <laughs> okay, the last one, number five, is you will need to be prepared to look at yourself and expose that which you don't want to. Yep. What does this mean? (laughs) This is a really, really uncomfortable one. If you want to dive more into this, I read an amazing book called Existential Kink. And it's all about talking about why sometimes we actually get off on doing shit that on the surface pisses us off. It's like, why am I, why do I continue doing this thing? And it's just very aggravating for us. So this book talks about why we might actually be getting off. <laughs> and she, she actually says that. <laughs> why we might actually be getting something out of continually self-sabotaging. Continually showing up in ways that is not getting the result that we want. It is really, really interesting. But this never feels comfortable to do. And again, it, this sort of really links back to point number one. You're going to feel heaps of resistance to doing this. So for example, 
gosh, am I going to be honest? Uh, I think I am. The story's coming out of my mouth and I really don't want to say this. Um, this is like, this is a perfect example. I don't want to admit this out loud. I really don't. Like I'm feeling some type of way about it, but I'm going to do it because I think it's going to help some people. Oof. <laughs> okay. So I sometimes, <laughs> this is even really hard for me to say, I sometimes get triggered <laughs> when I see, and it it is specifically females, (laughs) when I specifically see females training really, really hard and almost to an extent where we, you know, we hardly see it to be honest with you, or at least I do in my sort of vacuum that I'm watching. Uh, It's mostly dudes, right? For some reason, my brain, you know, it's okay for dudes to do that. But when I see a female doing that, I get a little bit triggered and I feel like, why is she showing the world that like she's so full of herself, blah, 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 blah. And it it really annoys me. And it's like when you have an emotional, emotional reaction to watching someone else training like that, it's a fucking trigger. Like it's such a red flag for dude, you got something happening as in me. Like I have got some insecurity there. So I did a little bit of deep diving because I was like, dude, this is you. Like, this isn't about the person, the the women that you're watching training. This is about you. What is it? And, you know, there are a whole range of things that actually came up for me. One of them was the acknowledgement that perhaps in my training sessions, I'm not training hard enough. I'm not actually doing the RIR that I set out to. It's really, really uncomfortable for me to admit and say out loud. But there you go. There was one of them. And the other one, and again, I this is so uncomfortable to speak about, but I'm just, I'm, I'm wanting to give you an example that I'm doing this work. Like I am doing this work too. And I'm not just sitting here preaching behind a microphone without getting into the really uncomfortable places to propel myself forward. But there was also a part in there that was a little bit like, fuck, like I want to show that as well. And feeling like I had to or feeling like maybe it was egotistical to show it, or like um, maybe it would put people off because I would come across as very, very confident. But there is a part of me that absolutely admires that, right? It's so interesting, isn't it, when we start to dive through this? So it was like, okay, aim, like, number one, yeah, like, train harder, like, you need to train harder. And then number two, like, how can I have fun with that? How can I just play and show up and just let those walls come down and people aren't going to like me? Absolutely. There's probably people you might be listening and you might not even like me. <laughs> like it's it's the way it is, right? And I think, like I said to you, even though that was obviously a very hard place for me to go to on a podcast where the whole world can listen to this if they want to I did want to show you how how important it is to be prepared to look at yourself every time you have an excuse that you're not doing the things that you know you need to do I want you to dive into it and figure out what's at the heart of that and you'll see from my example I kind of had like a a lot you know part of me that actually was like wanting to do the behavior that triggered me, actually myself. And um, I think it is really, really important to identify the personality traits that we're uncomfortable with about ourselves, that we're pushing down. 
um, geez, there's a quote in the Existential Kink book, which is something about, and it's a Carl Jung quote, actually, something like, if you don't expose your shadows, your sh- you will call them fate. So it's something like that. I've butchered it. I, maybe I can quickly Google it, but it's basically saying that all of the things we keep hidden are actually going to have a huge degree of control over our lives. We'll call it fate, but it's actually that we didn't take, we didn't have the courage and we didn't spend the time uh, excavating all of the shit and bringing it out into the light and going, meh, I'm human. I'm going to have traits that I like about myself. I'm going to have traits that I don't like about myself, but authentically, this is me. Alrighty. So I think that that wraps up the portion of those five points. Like, do you really need to be perfect? If I was to give you an overview, it's absolutely not. We can't be, we're humans. You you don't need to be perfect. You need to accept that you're imperfect and keep fucking going anyway. That's what we need to do. We need to accept that we're imperfect and choose to consistently show up in our imperfection to a high standard with a high degree of effort. And that is one of the hardest things to do for anyone. Like I said, that's why amazing results tend to be few and far between. Okay, so what does this look like in practice? One of the big things that I love to discuss inside Glam Body and my coaching is to have built a lifestyle so that there is never an off track. We never feel off track. And perfectionists hear that and they go, oh, but I had cake for my birthday or I went away on holiday and I didn't train for a week. I'm off track. No, (laughs) no. You know, (laughs) you're off track if maybe you don't give a fuck and you don't do anything that is in alignment with your goal for three months. But that's not what we're about. Taking rest days, having a piece of cake on your birthday, none of that shit is off track. So let's not even use that language anymore. And let's focus on building a lifestyle that supports our physique goals. And it's all the boring shit, to be honest with you. It's nothing fancy. Get your sleep, get your water, get your steps, do your training three or four days a week and hit your protein target. That's it. Like it's, it sounds simple. I know, like I've said before, it's hard to stay consistent when we have all of these external factors. Um, there's also, of course, to uh, continue and to really build a lifestyle, especially in the early stages. But some people thrive off this, which is just accountability. So having some mechanism of accountability will help you continue showing up in alignment with your values. It can be personal or external. Um, continuing to show up. Uh, I've got a note here and I need to be able to read it. Continuing to show up again every single week over time is going to be really, really important. And I just want to talk about managing burnout as the last thing we speak about on this podcast because managing burnout is really, really important. We can go full throttle for periods of time. I think I read something the other day that was like, one, a person can sustain eight, an 80 hour week for three weeks and then productivity and efficiency starts to backtrack. I think I think I would only be able to stay, sustain 80 hours for like seven days and then my productivity would go backwards. Um, I know like adrenaline sometimes when you have projects due and those sorts of things can really get you through. But 
we have to have rest periods. We have to have times where we turn the dial down so we don't burn out. And again, a perfectionist might see that as off track or I'm not doing absolutely everything that I could be doing to achieve this goal. And it's like, think of a slingshot. You have to pull it back to be able to propel yourself forward. All right. So it is really important. We have this moments of pulling back to be able to propel ourselves forward and ensure we're continually being able to grow and achieve amazing things over time because no one likes a one hit wonder. No one wants to be a one hit wonder. (laughs) And it's just a fact of the matter. We aren't robots. So we're going to need, we're going to need rest and we're going to need downtime. Okay. And I think too, that's a good thing because say with, uh, with our physique, it might look like a period at maintenance where you're not specifically trying to grow muscle and you're not specifically trying to lose body fat. And that's where, you know, you may not need to track your macros. You may be able to do it all in your head, you know, hit your protein intake. You may be able to go out for dinner a couple of times a week and yet still be able to maintain where you're at for a period of time. And, Um, without as much pressure until we're ready to hit the go button again and really turn those dials up. So I hope all of you perfectionists, recovering perfectionists, I hope you guys really love this episode. I hope it was useful for me to share something a little bit personal and talk you through my thought process and the things that I was saying to myself as the yardsticks to manage these really uncomfortable feelings that happen, that come up when we feel like um, we're not being perfect or we've missed the mark, like I said, either intentionally or unintentionally. If you did love it, I would super, super, super appreciate if you could uh, share it on your stories and tag Amy Louise Coaching and Fit and Free Podcast. Uh, these videos are podcast. These podcasts are actually also on YouTube. If you type in Fit and Free. Fit and free with AIM. I actually don't know the YouTube. I think it's fit and free with AIM. If you type that in, you'll be able to find so you can watch them on YouTube. And I am going to be doing some vlogs soon, which is going to be really, really exciting. So for those who are watching the YouTube, I am showing my the camera that I have just bought for the upcoming vlogs that I'm going to be doing. So just as a little personal update, I have three more months left of my growth phase before I do get into comp prep, which is really exciting. But I did want to document some of the days throughout my growth phase because I think it's really important to show uh, the years <laughs> that went into the comp prep because when you when you see when you see me towards the end of the year I'm probably going to be looking very lean and I think people will forget that I've spent the better part of two years uh, eating at, at least at maintenance if not in a surplus trying to grow <laughs> so I very very much want to document that I want to talk about continuing to show up when we have these really long-term goals and again it doesn't have to be competitive but Uh, even thinking about just training for the rest of our life, how important it is because one thing I think a lot of people do is they only pay attention when they're in their 6, 8, 10, 12-week deficit and then everything else is just a shitstorm and we want to move away from that and we want to move into building lifestyles and bodies we love. What a great segue to finish off the podcast. So over and out from me and I'll see you guys next week. Bye.